Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, praise the Lord. I pray that you're ready to hear God's word today as we are diving into week number three in our values series, where we talk about what's most important here at Weston, or things that we want to emphasize uh, a little more than other things that are equally important. But our values series, um, we talked about Thanksgiving last week, and I know it's a bit, we are like, well, it was Thanksgiving, but we talked about a spirit of Thanksgiving. And just to recap in one phrase, because I could easily re-preach all of last Sunday because I was that excited about it. Um, But in one short condensed phrase on Thanksgiving from last week. If God causes all things to work out for the good, then we can be thankful in all things. And it's on the screen. I just want to say it one more time. If God causes all things to work out for the good then we can be thankful in all things. Why? Well, because we know in the end, God's going to work it for good in our lives. So that's the essence. And as a church, we want to be thankful. We want to have a spirit of thanksgiving in all situations. It hasn't been easy to be here in the school. We've become a mobile church after being in one location, in one place for over 30 years. And now we've had to, you know, Mix it up a bit, have teams show up and set, set up all the stuff and the crew to bring it all back. Usually it's the same people that are doing both. Um, but that's a good segue into today's topic, which today's value is called serving. Serving. I'm so glad nobody got excited about that yet. <laughs> Everyone's like, serving, I should have stayed home because I don't want to feel guilty. You won't feel guilty. My prayer is you will feel conviction. And if if you do feel conviction, my challenge to you is, are you ready to act on it? Are you ready to act on your conviction to step it up a bit? Um, I remember about a year ago, it was October, when I went to Australia. It was my sister's church called Kingdom City. They were having their first ever conference. And I thought, okay, this is going to be good. And I knew God had done a great work in their church. They, they've grown rapidly since my sister first got there. She was one of the first 200 people there. The first Sunday that they showed up, they said, they announced that the pastor was leaving. And they thought, what did we just walk into? Maybe we should find another church. But again, there was an inner conviction to come back one more time to see what would happen next week. Uh, and they never left. The new pastor came and they were the first, one of the first 200 people or original 200 people. And today they are a church well over 10,000. Yes, 2008, you can do the math. It's almost 10 years. Um, and they've grown rapidly. And uh, I had a wonderful time at the conference. But the one thing that I, I, I had to ask my sister, like, In the few short days I had left, I said, please, I want to understand, like, how does a conference start on Thursday night? They said people, all volunteers were there all day Thursday setting up. It's then the conference actually started Thursday night and it went into Friday and into Saturday. Then they did their Sunday morning at the the conference venue. 
And I'm like, and you're going to work on Monday after that? And I'm saying, and she said, it's, it's the mindset that we've adopted as a church is that's a small sacrifice, a Thursday and a Friday for such a big return on that investment from heaven. And it began to shift my, my mentality because our mentality in the GTA is, well, I'm too busy for that. I can't go to a midweek prayer service or I can't go to a Bible study or a Friday night. Or, and, and we've adopted this thing of, oh, and we are, we are busy. But I believe that if we would learn to sacrifice for the things that really matter, when we begin to see and reap the rewards of that, of our investment, we will say, oh, it's, it's well worth it. It's well worth it. And that church could not grow to that size because people were too busy. It grew, and they are busy. It, they, it grew because of people's willingness to sacrifice and to serve. And I looked at everyone serving. My sister served, and they had schedules. And I said, this is crazy. This is crazy. And my mind was, was racing to try to keep up with everything that was going on. Now, you might say, yeah, but look, we're not 10,000, so it's obviously a different context. Absolutely. But when I said today's topic is serving and no one clapped, I know that we are well on our way. Because we're going we're gonna to catch the heart. Because this is something that at Weston, if we don't understand that we've been called to serve... Um, really, you're going to be dissatisfied with your experience at church. And research shows that the more engaged or involved you, you are in a certain activity, the more joy and satisfaction you will draw out of it. Did you know that? Think about if you want to join a soccer team, let's say. But you only show up to the game, but you watch from the bench. Because that's me now. I don't play anymore. And I think I'm 18 years old still in my head, but my body says, you're almost 36. And so when, when I go watch a game, like, like I want to do more, but I kind of leave saying, oh, it was a good game, but I would much rather play the game. Anyone feel me on that? You could watch hockey. Some of you are like, put me in nets. I'll save more. I'll stop more pucks than Carey Price last night. As the Maple Leafs won for the, what, the first time in four years against the Habs? Something like that. Uh, for I don't know. So, a little plug for the Habs fans. And now the Maple Leafs fans. But, we get more satisfaction when we are actually engaged in what activity it is. And so, think about church. If all you have ever done or known is just, I go to church. But maybe you leave with a bunch, like you have to say, well, the music was too loud or this, the screen wasn't clear. They had the other lights on and it, it couldn't see clear. Like, but you don't do anything about it or you aren't active and you just have critiques or, or things to say about church. My challenge to you today is let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Because instead of just finding maybe what we could do better, maybe you can help. Maybe you can get involved and actually help us change things or push things further along. And I know that everyone's gifted differently, so this might not even be your thing. Maybe it's administration. Guess what? There's a whole bunch of stuff that we can get you busy working on. Obviously, there are processes to, to beginning to serve and get involved. But, but I want you to know 
that things are going to start ramping up. At the end of the message, I'll share with you a, a bit of a timeline of, of what um, we're dealing with and how you can get involved. But So today we're talking about serving. And if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Mark chapter 10? Mark chapter 10, would you stand for the reading of God's word as well? As we turn to Mark chapter 10. As you do that, I just want to say one thing about the Word of God. You might notice I have an iPad for my notes, but I read still from the Bible. Here's the thing. You could use your smartphone for your devotions and your Bible reading through the week. Some of you are very effective with that. Uh, Just a a side note for me. I was very distracted by the phone. Because as I'm trying to read the scripture, the ding you get a notification that someone liked an image on Instagram or a tweet. And then I click there, I click. And before you know it, I'm like 30 minutes pass by. And oh yeah, what was I here on my phone to do? Oh yeah, read. Oh, I don't have time now, so I got to go. And that was, I, it wasn't working. So I always stick to the pages. Plus, if your battery dies, you know, you have no excuse with the word of God. You can underline it, you can flip through. And for me, I'm a very um, photographic memory. And so, like, there's muscle memory for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, in that page I remember, and I could remember the verses. And so, for me, it's just a side note to share with you. If you have a hard time, and maybe you've been trying it with your phone at work or on your bus commute or whatever, try bringing a physical Bible with you. There are many more things I could say, but I'll stop there. If you're in Mark chapter 10 with me, would you shout amen? We're going to read today, starting at verse 35. Verse 35 of Mark chapter 10. And here's what it says. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. And I love Jesus because he's such a cool guy. He's like, what is your request? He asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, oh yes, they replied, we are able. And then Jesus told them, You will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones He has chosen. Verse 41. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. And here's verse 43. You might want to underline it or highlight it. But among you... It will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must be the slave of everyone else. And here it is, verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. And to give His life as a ransom for many. Would you join me as we pray? Father, I thank You for Your Word. Thank you that we can always look to Jesus and glean spiritual truth and insight for our own lives. I pray today that you would speak to the core of who we are on this subject of serving. And Lord, 
help us to ask how we can serve others. Because that's exactly why Jesus came. Not to be served, but to serve. And Father, I pray that as we catch the heartbeat on this issue, that Lord, we would see a turnaround in our own church. And Lord, that we would, Lord, exponentially grow as a result of being willing to serve people. And obviously serve you. So Father, anoint my mind, my lips, and my heart. As I speak your word, with humility I approach this pulpit in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. In our text, James and John approach Jesus. And the way they do it is they say, we have a favor to ask of you. Now, this passage is also recorded in Matthew 20. This story, rather. And in Matthew, however, it it actually says that the mother of James and John is the one who approaches and asks the question. In either case, it could have been the way that Mark recorded it is, is that uh, the mother told her children and they went to ask Jesus. But it's understood that scholars believe that the mother was probably present with them. And, uh, and so we're dealing with James and John. And they have a favor to ask now. Of Jesus, and look at his initial response. How many of you know that Jesus is omniscient? He already knows what you need before you would even open your mouth to ask, but it's still something to ask. So, some of us we don't vocalize to God what we need, but I want you because you might say, Well, he already knows, and if he already knows, why should I? Why should I bother? We need to put into words as best as we can what our need is. Because the Bible says, let your request be made known to God. And so they approach him, but now their request is of a favor. And so Jesus actually says, what is your request then? And they reply, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you. (laughs) That's a huge ask, I would say. And I love Jesus' tender response to them because he's pointing to the responsibility and the weight of what it means to sit where he was about to be placed in a place of honor at God's right hand. And they're saying, we want to sit with you. Now, you might say, well, why would they even ask? Why would they even ask that? Well, Matthew 26 Verse 36 and 37. This is in the Garden of Gethsemane. The night before Jesus is to make his way to the cross at Calvary. And in Matthew 26, Jesus actually, he has 12 disciples with him. But then from that group, he takes three. He takes three a little further. And these three are Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John. Now, we also understand from Scripture... Uh, that John identifies himself as the beloved one. John, the beloved one. So perhaps they just thought that they had a closer connection to Jesus, that they wanted to have this opportunity to sit. But let's, let's kind of take a, a, a bigger approach to it. The other ten disciples, the Bible tells us in our text, they were indignant. They were upset at their request. So I think there was kind of this... Uh, this goal of hierarchy. And Jesus simply responds by saying, I don't think you can handle the weight of, of, of where I'm headed. 
because while the cup of suffering was very real for Jesus, and he also said, though, but you will have a cup of suffering or a baptism of suffering, and you will have to go through your hardships as well, and the disciples surely did. But, but perhaps that's just, I submit to you an idea as to maybe why they thought this could work. Um, is because Peter, James, and John were closer maybe than the rest. So Jesus asks them about their suffering, but their, their response is, oh yeah, we can handle it. And a lot of times we think we can handle the weight of responsibility. But I want you to know that we should never take upon our shoulders what Jesus already died on the cross for. And someone once told me, in terms of pastoral care, I was struggling to help someone so desperately, and I wasn't sure if this was going to happen. It wasn't at our church, it was in youth ministry back about a decade ago. And I remember the person telling me, listen, if, don't, if Jesus can't save them, why do you think you can And it's not to say Jesus can't, but he was trying to say, let Jesus do the saving. You're not the one who died on the cross for people. And so we have to understand, Jesus carried the weight of the world on his shoulders when he went to the cross. Now, my responsibility is to be faithful to do what God has placed in front of me to do. Can somebody say amen? Now, if God puts something in front of me to do, and I don't do it, there's weight to that responsibility now, and it's on my shoulders. Because I was not faithful to do what He wanted me to do. But I want to tell you, when you step up to serve the Lord, you might be afraid now and say, oh, the responsibility part, I don't want that. Because it's, you know, if I don't carry it out, or I'm not faithful, or I, I can't commit to do the work, uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I want you to know, Yes, the responsibility is real, but the rewards are so much greater. And we don't serve because of rewards. Uh, maybe the rewards is not the best, but the return on your investment. Like you, you serve and you want to bless people, in, in turn, you are more blessed. The more you pour out, the more you get poured into. And God makes sure that your cup will overflow as you make sure other people are well looked after. And that's the way the kingdom of God should work. And we're going to look at Jesus' example in this text. But I love verse 43 because now Jesus, he was talking about how it is in the world. And how the rulers lord it over the people. How the masters are over the slaves. But in verse 43, this is the anchor for us this morning on this topic of serving. Verse 43, he says... But among you, it will be different. It will be different. And I want to say to Weston Road that there are other churches that have no volunteers. There are churches every single day in North America that are shutting their doors. I don't know if you are aware of that. And here we are renovating our, our building because we are believing and expecting for more. More people, more souls more impact in our community. It's, it's a very different approach. But there are churches where people just show up because they, they say, well, show me what you got. 
And it's a very, it's a shopper's mentality. Just like you would go from store to store to store. Because you want to see if they have what you want. There are people who go church shopping. And they go from place to place to place. Church to church to church. But they never place their roots down deep. And they leave unsatisfied after a, a few weeks. Maybe they give it even six weeks. But they've never stayed long enough to serve. They've never stayed long enough to be able to get invested. Because it's, I'm, I'm submitting, the research says it, but I believe it too. That it's only when you begin to get involved that you start experiencing the blessing and benefit of the church. Of the family of God. You say, yeah, but, you know, you can come. But listen, you need to be a friend to have a friend. And if you never even stay long enough for, for even the pastor to greet you, let's just say, it's going to be hard for you. And you might leave saying, well, I was there for three weeks and no one said hi to me. But you showed up after we opened and you left right before I said amen. Well, it's going to be hard. And so I submit to you that the more you invest, and maybe that's your initial investment if you're new even here at Weston. This is, might be your first Sunday. I, don't leave right away. Stay an extra five minutes and say, you know what? It's out of my comfort zone, but let me just try to talk to three people today. Just introduce myself. Let people know I'm new. Let me know, if anything. If no one else, let me know. And just stay. I'm going to leave by this door right here and try to greet every one of you on the way out today. But I submit to you that there is this problem in, when I say church, it's not Western exclusively, but the church universal where people say, what do I, what can I get from this church today? What, what can I receive? How about what can I give today? And so we've turned into consumers. When God designed us, yes, we receive, but we have to be contributors. And we have to make sure that, yes, there's a time where I need to receive, but now I've received, I have to give, and I have to serve, and I have to reinvest. What God did in me, I want to see reproduced in other people's lives. So I need to make sure that what goes in has to come out. Or else I'm just getting fat on God's word. And I'm, you know, I just waddle around, and, and I need help just to get back to my car. And so some of us have that, we've received, you've been sitting under the word for 20 years, or maybe it's five years, or maybe it's one year, and you've, you've just become plump, but, but you haven't exercised anything in that way where you've received, but you haven't poured out yet or given out. And so Jesus says in verse 43 of our text, but among you, it will be different. And so the reason why we're going through this series on values is because we are highlighting what we are emphasizing in our church as being important. And we want to, to, to build a culture of servants. Not that you serve me. Because what did Jesus say? I, in verse 45, he said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. My approach as the lead pastor of our church is not how, how can I get 200 people to serve me? And if we grow the church, 10,000 people will serve me. My, my heart behind everything and, the, and our staff and our leadership at the church, our deacons, is how can we and how can I serve the people? How can we serve you? 
Because if Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve, I have to have the same mindset as Christ. And it's not just for the pastor, though. Here's where the onus is shared on all of us. It's for all of us. So we have to have, you, you can't just imitate Christ in one way. Like, oh, he was passionate and he prayed and he would get up early and go. And, and maybe you do that, but you can't ignore the fact that he came to serve. And, and you can't exclude yourself from feeling the weight of that responsibility either. But among you, it will be different. And, and I speak and declare over Weston that we, we're going to see growth in this area of serving. We, it's not that people don't serve at all. We have a great ratio. We have about 95 names on our roster of people that serve in church. And it's not always here. There are people counting the offering. Uh, There are uh, teachers in classes with helpers and assistants. Uh, There are so many other facets in which you can get involved. But among you, it will be different. Did you know that when you begin to serve others, new doors of opportunity can open up? And let me give you a quick example. Uh, and this is not me boasting. This is me saying, serve people and watch what God will do. I have a website that I started uh, in 2011 called worshipdrummer.com. And all I really wanted, I felt God say, start this. And drums was my first instrument that I would worship the Lord on. It's over 20 years I've played drums. And I felt God say, start a website that will encourage drummers, serve the drummers in local churches. I thought it would be just this thing, like, you know, in Ontario or whatever. And I want to tell you, I've collaborated just because I wanted to serve drummers and encourage them, equip them, and inspire them for the, for the work that they do in church every single Sunday. I cannot begin to tell you the doors that have opened. I've, I've, done, I've collaborated with churches like Hillsong, in Australia, Planet Shakers, uh, Bethel in Redding, California. Like, like I know them. I can text them. Not because I wanted to. I just, as I began to serve, they were reaching out to me saying, love what you're doing. Can you tell me more about it? And let me know how now we can help you do what you're doing. And I thought, Lord, this is crazy. On Instagram, I have over 51,000 followers. And I said, Lord, Like, all I wanted to do was encourage drummers. And now there's this platform that has opened up. And I just say, Lord, help me to be faithful, to continue keeping the mission and my heart the same now as it was in the very beginning. And you see, as you serve the Lord, doors will open that you never thought possible. See, you might be scrubbing the toilet somewhere at work and thinking, I'm so much more qualified to be the president of this company. Well, guess what? Be faithful in little, and God will entrust you with much. You might say, well, I don't really want to be a greeter, because I'm not that happy in the morning. But maybe you need to start somewhere. And maybe you need to just put a smile on your face, and God wants to stretch you in that way. Perhaps. I don't know. Someone might be here. And you, you start there, but maybe God has other plans for you. Do you think I ever thought I would be a pastor? I was really happy playing drums. I love playing drums. And I thought I would be in the worship part of things forever. Until the tap on the shoulder came and said, You've been faithful with little. Now I'm going to entrust you with more. And I thought, Why me, Lord? And I think it's simply because if we have the mindset and the humility to say, God, I will do 
whatever it is you want me to do, then the doors of opportunity will come. Serve the Lord with gladness. And everything you do, not just here in church, wherever you are, everything you do, do it as unto the Lord. Serve your boss. That's So this culture that we're talking about ser- uh, serving is not just in the house of God. It's as a Christian, this is what you are to model and exemplify every day of your life. Serve your boss. Yes, that boss. Some of you know who I'm talking about. And you're like, oh, pastor, did you have to go there? Yes, serve your boss. Even the coworker that you cannot stand, that you even had a fight with last week and you had to talk to your boss about. Serve the people you are with. Influence their lives. Be faithful wherever God has planted you. Because if you're planted, you will grow. And if you're growing, God can use you for new things. So, be faithful among you. I'm going to take Jesus' words and apply it to our church. Among us, we will be different. Let Weston be known as a house that serves. A house that serves. You might not be really good at it. You know, but if your willingness... I heard a pastor say... Uh, ability versus willingness or passion. If someone is passionate, you could teach them the skill. So let's be passionate about serving the Lord with enthusiasm, with gladness, and we will see what He can do. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and not only just to serve, but to give His life as a ransom for many. There's another picture of Jesus in John chapter 13, verse 12 and 13. I want to read it for you. It says this, that he was with his disciples in in a house setting. And it says this, When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? So let me just pause there. Jesus took off his regular clothes. And the Bible says that he put on a towel. And he proceeded to wash the disciples' feet. Now, it's not like our day and age where we have nice leather shoes and like our feet are, are pedicured up and our nails are all done and everything's good. Like they walked in sandals on dirt roads forever. So it wasn't that they were like, oh, clean, just a little, like the feet were dirty. And, and Jesus put on the, the towel and he proceeded to wash their feet. So that's the context. Now this is where our text is. So he put on his outer garments again. He resumed his place and he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I am so. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And now in our context, it might not be literal. I know at wedding ceremonies, if you've ever seen them, there's the foot washing ceremony. I think, did you guys have that? Spencer and Ashley. And, and that's where it is. It's like, I'm going to serve you, my bride, the rest of my life and vice versa. And, and we give each other our lives completely. So it's this picture of serving one another. And for the church, it has to be so. We have to serve one another. What does that actually look like or mean? It's, I'll, I'll put it very plainly. 
putting other people's needs before your own. That's the simplest definition I can give you of serving. Put other people's needs before your own. It doesn't mean you do not have needs. It just means before I blab about how needy I am, I'm just going to close my mouth and I just want to ask whoever's in my presence, how was your week? How, how are you doing? I'm guilty of just wanting to share everything that's going on in my life and I don't even get to the other person. So I have to make sure if I want to serve someone and serve, we want to serve one another, let's put each other's needs before our own. Let's take time. See, we can't, church has to change. It has to look and feel differently. Not that we're doing it wrong. We have to do it better. We have to stick around. That's why I'm excited for the cafe. That's why I'm excited to have coffee so that we don't have to rush. By the way, the cafe will be open before service starts. So not that you can drink and miss worship because the cafe will close. And I'm going to make sure about that one at 1025. No coffee during service. You be in the service. But that we can foster healthy time to talk about life. To put one another's needs before our own. That, that's for me what the cafe is about. Fellowship is, is biblical and it is godly. And so Jesus in this instant puts on the towel. And I want to share with you. This uh, pastor in Pittsburgh had a conversation with someone in his church. And, and this man was telling the pastor, you preachers talk a lot about do unto others. But when you get right down to it, it comes down to basin theology. And the pastor was like, basin theology? Did I hear you right? So he's, he says, what is basin theology? And so the, the guy in the church says to him, remember when Pilate uh, did, when he had the chance to acquit Jesus, he called for a basin and he washed his hands clean of the situation. And he said, I'm not guilty of this. But Jesus the night before his death, called for a basin and proceeded to wash the feet of the disciples. And so here's basin theology. It all comes down to this. Which one will you use? So it's the idea of one is you wash your hands and say, well, I'm, I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to touch that. I'm not going to be responsible. But the basin that Jesus chose is the one that puts on the towel, gets down, gets dirty, And gets the job done. And I submit to you. Don't throw in the towel. Put it on. Don't throw in the towel. Put it on. Because some of you may have been serving for years. And maybe you're even getting a little older in age. And you feel like well I've done enough. And I've served enough. It's time for other people to do the work now. Don't throw in the towel. Continue to put it on. You know. As a pastor, I tell my wife, I don't want to retire at 65 unless I'm ineffective in my calling. But I said, I want to keep going. I want to, whatever God has for me after that, it's not like my ministry ends just because the government says I can receive a check. I want to continue to serve the Lord. So don't throw in the towel. doesn't matter how old or how young you are. doesn't matter how new or how long you've been serving. Don't throw in the towel, put it on. And if you say, well, why should I? Because Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Are you willing to get your hands a little dirty? Are you willing to, 
to get down on your knees. My son asked me, he's like, what, Dad, why are your knees all like scraped? I said, well, because I was doing some work. And I was, I was serving in different areas during the construction process. I'm not a construction worker at the church, but I try to put on the boots and the hat. And I just say, Nunzio, is everything okay? Is there anything besides a coffee that I can get for you that I can help you with? Uh, and and I, I just say, Lord, if I can do anything, then use me. And here's the thing. If you're willing to serve, and I pray that your heart is beginning to be stirred up, don't put any conditions on it. Don't even, I, I would submit to you, don't even pick the platform. Unless like you're, you're a gifted musician and, and that's the gift that God gave you. Because a lot of us want to say, can I sit at the highest place of honor in the church? I want to serve on the, the board of deacons. Or I want to serve on the worship team because I'll get noticed. And people will like me and I'll have new friends. Or I'll be on social media because the church will post a picture of me. With, and I'll make sure my hand is raised perfectly. And we want to serve in a particular area... But, but is that really serving or is that self-serving? Watch, watch out. Not that I question everyone's motives this morning. But if you want to serve, I, I just want to say, let's just say, let our approach be God. In, in whatever need there is, I'm willing to do it. Whatever area that, and, and we might announce it from here. And sometimes we might not even be aware that there's a need, but you might see it. What are you going to do about it? You come and you say, Pastor, I noticed that this is being left uh, unchecked or forgotten. And I might say, great, are you able to help? Are you able to help remedy um, the thing that you just noticed? And, And we'll take it from there. But here's what I submit to the church. Let's not have our checklist of our top three places that we want to serve. Again, we want to put people where they're most passionate, of course. Absolutely. But also, we still need people who are willing to get on one knee and get a little dirty. And to say, I'll do whatever you want me to do, Lord. Take my hands and my feet. Take my mouth. Speak through me, if you will. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. That's been my heart's cry for our church as we prepare for what God has in store for us. It moves us from being consumers to contributors. Church will be so vibrant when we catch this. Not just here, but here. Because once it's here, we're going to actually do it. We're going to live it out. And we will be a church that is unstoppable because we are serving people. And that's what we've been called to do. You see, some of us might just like membership. Like, how do you become a member here at Weston? Well, here's the thing. Members oftentimes feel entitled. But owners actually take responsibility. So you might just be concerned about having your membership on a piece of paper. I submit something to me that's far more valuable. It's, are you willing to be an owner in this? Are you willing to take ownership? Why? Well, because you won't just feel entitled now as a member, but you'll take ownership over whatever area you serve in and you get involved in for God's glory. Can somebody say amen? We've been called to serve. And it's important, obviously, to give honor to whom honor is due. Uh, But I am ashamed to admit that uh, I've seen, even in church, celebrity pastors. Celebrity pastors. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? 
there are no big shot Christians. And number two, there are no celebrity Christians. There, we are just servants of the Lord doing His work. And we close with this. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So it'll look different from each one to the other. But we have to make sure that we are doing it. Would you stand to your feet with me? As we close, I said I'd share with you a timeline of things. I already said that we would have an MTM meeting coming up on the 4th of November. That's for those who are actively serving already. You're going to receive an email, God willing, this week. But I'm telling you now, it's happening. So just plan. If, if you get scheduled in Planning Center online then you know you have to come. So you'll get that email this week. And then um, in the new year, we're going to start off the month of January with, with an emphasis on serving. And we're going to highlight the different ministries we have in the church. I would love to do it sooner, but the reality is until we're back in our building, we have ministries like the cafe that we're not even ready for because we've never had them and we have to build up new ministries. So... Um, in January, we're going to highlight the different areas in the church that you can get involved in and serve. And then at the end of that month, we're going to have an opportunity for you to actually speak with different leaders of those ministries at the end of the service. Almost not a job fair, but there'll be kiosks, kids ministry. If you're interested, you go to see the kids ministry table. You can talk with those who currently serve, ask questions. And then we're going to get to training. After that, So that's in the new year. It's coming up. But it's important for you to catch the vision and the heart of God now. Can you say amen? So as for us, it will be different. And Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And my prayer is that we will always pour out what we have received. As a church that loves to serve the Lord and to serve one another. Just a few statements that I, I want to share at the end of every message in our values series. I've written declarations or statements for our church. And uh, we're, we're going to eventually post these and, and make them more official. But at Weston, we won't throw in the towel. We will put it on. We will have a what else can I do mindset. We will serve wherever there is a need, no matter what it looks like. At Weston, we will serve others before we serve ourselves. And lastly, at Weston, we aren't looking for titles or a position. Instead, we are actually looking for owners because we are all owners and we are all responsible. Would you, would you pray with me this morning as we close? Thank you, Lord. Let's just take a few moments to let the word of God sink in our hearts today. Thank you, Father, for your word. Heavenly Father, it's with thanksgiving that we, we say thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge that has been put forth today. Not by Pastor John, not by myself, but by your word. Now, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would convict our hearts. If we haven't done anything, Lord, show us the next step. Lord, if some of us have hesitations, would you show us and give us the confidence we need and the reassurance that you are in control and that every step of a righteous man is ordered by God. 
And Lord, if Jesus served, we ought to do it too. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you for our church. We already do a good job of serving, but we want to do even better. So Lord, that as we faithfully serve you and one another, new doors of opportunity would open up to serve in different ways, ways that we've never thought possible or that we even haven't even dreamt of. And God, I pray that this house, we would be faithful to serving you, God, every step of the way. May we never lose our focus and never take our eyes off of the one that we are desiring to serve. But Lord, also to the other. Lord, may every time we get together, may we stop before we want to open our mouth and speak about what we are going through, may we just have an ear to listen and to really put others first. And as we do that, Lord, we know that you're going to give us more and more people that we can steward um, the responsibility well. And so, Lord, I pray today from this moment on that your spirit would begin to stir our hearts even into the new year and how we can get involved, how we can make a difference, how we can serve. And Lord, if any of us are afraid of that responsibility, Lord, would you just open up the eyes of our understanding to know that we are all in this together. We are all owners and we are all responsible equally today for the task and the work that you've given us here at Weston Road to change our world. God, I thank you and I pray that you would receive all the honor and the glory. Lord, even as I think of all the work that has been done in the building across the street, it's not for us, but it's so that we can serve people. And God, we thank you for the opportunity. I pray that you would always keep our hearts from pride, Lord, from the new platform that you are giving us for ministry, may we never become prideful, but we always serve with humility. So receive all the glory, we pray, today and every day. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.